Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with some things Republicans can campaign on. Move on to the U.S. Supreme Court writing their own rules and follow all of that up with an update to our ongoing docuseries, How Many Flips Does It Take to Convict Donald Trump? Let's begin, shall we? It was the week before Thanksgiving and all through the Capitol, Republicans were losing their literal fucking minds. Maybe it was the looming government shutdown they kicked down the road, glaring at them with its wee beady eyes. Or perhaps it was the prospect of having to go home and face their constituents. (laughs) Either way, Mr. Clean impersonator and reject from the Golden Bachelor, Republican Chip Roy from Texas, felt compelled to stand up on the House floor and yell all about it on C-SPAN. One thing. I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. Wow, you can really hear the desperation in Chip's voice. Makes me want to help the dude out and find him something he can go back to his constituents and be proud of. Well, uh, something uh, he can say that Republicans are good at. Um, okay, uh, maybe Chipper can go back to Texas and tell his voters about the time the worst Kevin in the house elbowed an almost elderly man from Tennessee right in the kidney. Here's Congressman Tim Burchett recounting the horrific details. Well, I was doing an interview um, with um, Claudia from NPR. And at that time, I uh, got elbowed in the back. And it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys. And I turned back, and there was there was Kevin. Um, you know, I, I chased after him. Of course, he's a he's a bully with 17 million dollars and a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that when you're a kid would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. It's like, what the heck? You know, why'd you do that? You know, because it was a uh, like I said, it, if you ever been hit in the kidneys, it's a little little different. You don't have to hit very hard to cause a little bit of pain, a lot of pain. And yeah, he just acted like. You know, what are you talking about? You know, who are you? To, you know, that kind of thing. And there's security detail, and I get it. They had, they were doing their job, so it wasn't exactly like he didn't, he wouldn't turn around and face me. He, he kept scurrying, trying to keep people between me and him. Okay, so it's not a big deal, but it is enough of a deal for Timmy to mention it to a reporter from CNN in that clip I just played. And not for nothing. But this nearly 60-year-old man with a now bruised kidney was one of the gaggle of Republicans that made sure Kevin is forever known as the congressman formerly known as Speaker. Maybe Cowardly McCarthy was trying to give Timmy a passive-aggressive nudge for voting him out of his Speaker's chair. Or perhaps that was a design problem of the Capitol? See, there are these narrow hallways all over the Capitol building. Right, Kevin? What exactly happened with Congressman? Did you elbow him? Okay, no, I did not elbow him. No, I would not elbow him. I would not hit him in a kidney. HC5, not a very big hallway. A reporter was interviewing Burchard or something. I guess our shoulders hit. I did not run and hit the guy. I did not kidney punch him. I did not shoot anything like that. You didn't shove him? No. I guess our elbows hit as I walked by. I didn't punch anybody. Did he-, he comes running up like... 
why, why, why did you hit me or something like that? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. If I would hit somebody, they would know I hit Oh, so we're going with the always sophomoric, I didn't do it, but if I did, it was those darn narrow hallways all over the Capitol building. You gotta love how Kevin did his best Dr. Seuss impression with the I would not, could not someone in the kidneys. Although something tells me Kevin is a liar. And it's probably the well-known secret all around D.C. that, yes, Kevin McCarthy is a liar. He also likes to shove, threaten, and even on occasion elbow his Republican colleagues as part of his whole impotent rage vibe. Of course, in this particular instance, there was a hot mic and the entire incident was recorded by NPR because their reporter was interviewing Timmy at the time of the elbowing which they gladly released to the public once Kevin did protest too much. Roll hot mic tape. Back and forth. Yeah, I think it went all right. Sorry, Kevin. Why'd you elbow me in the back, Kevin? Hey, Kevin, you got any guts? Jerk. Has he done that before? No. You got no guts. You didn't sew. They sat there, and the reporter said it right there. What kind of chicken move is that? You're you're pathetic, man. You are so pathetic. What a jerk. You need security, Kevin. And there it is. Something Republicans can go home for Thanksgiving and tell their constituents all about. That time, the California congressman, formerly known as Speaker, shoved his elbows into the kidneys of his colleagues when they removed him from Nancy Pelosi's former office because the hallways in the Capitol are just too narrow. (laughs) But if two grumpy old men barely fighting isn't enough of a crowd pleaser, how about the story of that basic bitch with two first names from Oklahoma? who was desperately seeking a cage match to fisticuffs the president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters during a congressional hearing. Talk about Mr. O'Brien himself, his behavior. As everybody knows in this hearing, the last time (laughs) him and I kind of had a back and forth. But after you left here, you got pretty excited about the keyboard. In fact, you tweeted at me one, two, three, four... Five times. And let me read what the last one said. Um, it said, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time. This is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Whoa there, Marky Wayne Mullen. It's not the Teamsters' fault your parents couldn't decide on a name. Where do you think you actually are, Roadhouse Grill? Who would have thought Oklahoma is where the small dick energy comes sweeping down the plains, but here we are. And because the head of the Teamsters posted some tough guy tweets that Mark Wayne, if that even is a real name, Mullen, can't handle due to his laughably fragile ego. Should we be checking pay-per-view schedule for a rendition of Mortal Kombat starring the dumbest person from Oklahoma? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, if Grandpappy Bernie had anything to say about it, it was this. Oh, hold on. Big oh, guy. hold Stop it. Is that your solution? Every poll. No, no. Sit down. Sit down. Look at you. No, no. You're a United States senator. Sit down. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. Hold it. This is a hearing. You have the mic. Yeah. You have time. All Make right. Your statement. Then let's do this because I did challenge you and I accepted your challenge, and you went quiet. No, I didn't go quiet. I was. No, I was. No, no, you no, challenged no. me to a cage match, no, no, acting no. like a 12-year-old schoolyard hold bully. Excuse me. Hold it. No, excuse me. I, have I will mic. say. I will say exactly. Senator what Mullen, said. I have the mic. We're not here to talk about physical abuse. <laughs> you know it's bad when Bernie takes off his mittens and uses his outdoor voice when he is inside to remind you that you are an elected official sitting in a congressional hearing, not hanging out backstage at a UFC event. And that's not even a joke, folks. Mark Wayne, my parents couldn't choose a first name Mullen from Oklahoma, used to be a mixed martial arts fighter which translates to, I fought three times, got a title, and retired so I could claim on my Senate bio that I am undefeated. And hey, I'm not saying I know anything about professionally beating anyone up. I'm just saying that traumatic brain injury is a real thing, and Mark Wayne might be suffering in silence. Because after making Bernie Sanders play referee during a congressional hearing, this walking, talking concussion walked his happy ass to the set of CNN, sat down with Dana Bash so he could justify his embarrassing moment in Congress with a bit of American history. In hindsight, any regrets? No, I, I really don't. You've got these keyboard warriors that's going to go out there and run their mouth all the time, and then they don't ever have to face a consequence. I'm a guy from Oklahoma first, and there's consequences for doing some of this. What point does a line get drawn? Remember, it was it was uh, Andrew Jackson who was who challenged nine people to a duel and Andrew finished one person off. He Andrew also knocked a guy out for insulting his wife. Senator, you know Andrew Jackson was not a good guy. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying that it doesn't. It, what happens? Well, Abraham Lincoln challenged a guy to a sword fight. Um, you had you had a duel. You've seen the bloodstains on the on the ca on the steps in the Senator Capitol. Sumner. And I'm not I'm not saying that that has to happen, but I'm saying that people like him, uh, this this mob mentality teamster boss that wants to sit there and continue to do that because he thinks he can intimidate people, at some point that has to stop. Maybe this guy could be taught a lesson. I thought, you know, this could be a good thing. Maybe we could do this for charity. Uh, sure, yeah, charity. Because people want to pay money to watch you show a teamster who's boss and teach him a lesson. <laughs> so I guess this explains why the little bitch from Oklahoma is using this particular stunt to grift cash for his campaign. That's right, folks. Mark Wayne ain't got no shame Mullen sent out an email to everyone he knows that he now has t-shirts on sale that happen to misspell any time, any place. But hey, it's not like anyone ever accused MMA Mullen supporters of being smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> Or as South Carolina senator and living embodiment of clutching your pearls, Mr. Lindsey Graham so aptly put it. There are dumb days on, on Capitol Hill and there are dumber days on Capitol Hill. And this is one of the dumbest I've seen in quite a long time. <laughs> I can't even argue with Lindsey on this one. Republican Fight Club was the third installment to the Dumb and Dumber franchise no one asked for. And for those of you in the back, the prequel does not count. 
Bottom line is, when it comes to Republicans, it's all about trailer trash levels of spectacle. The kind of show you would bring boxed wine to or maybe a 24-pack of White Claw and no one would look at you funny. <laughs> Between Kevin McCarthy's geriatric fight with Tim Burchette over narrow hallways and Mark Wayne, my glory days are behind me Mullins, getting all verklempt over a couple of tweets, it's clear Republicans aren't above confirming the myth that violence is inherent in the system. Put me away! Shut up! Will you shut up? Ah, now we see the violence inherent in the system. Shut up! Oh, come and see the violence inherent in the system! And for Republicans, governing looks something like this. If you don't like a tweet, threaten the guy who wrote it with a cage match. For charity, of course. Don't like how your colleagues vote? Sucker punch him in the kidney in a narrow hallway for plausible deniability. <laughs> Seriously, the behavior of Republicans lately has got level-headed people wondering if we should still encourage anyone to become president. Because when you get small dick energy guru options like Mullen and McCarthy running around the Capitol and making Freedom Caucus Jewish space laser experts very upset, ugh, roll tape. Republican voters across the country are sick and tired of Republicans because they never do anything to hold uh, hold this government accountable. Republicans go out on the campaign trail and go on TV and do their five-minute hearing videos and, and post up on social media and say all this garbage about how they're going to fight it and stop it. Well, I feel like many of the American people that think that Republicans in Congress completely fail them. I feel the same way, and I'm a, a Republican member of Congress. Oh, man. That electoral mistake really has zero self-awareness, doesn't she? <laughs> Apparently, more on the goblin can't see that going to a reporter's mic and complaining about Republicans being in Congress for the sound bites is literally how sound bites are made, <laughs> which, which explains why she spent her week before Thanksgiving doing nothing but making sound bites. But this time, it's not just what George's favorite clan mom said that makes these sound bites oh so special. It's how she was corrected in real time. So in honor of those who stood up to the Neolithic Congresswoman and put her three toes in place, I present to you embarrassing sound bites with Marjorie Taylor Greene. My Democrat colleague across the aisle, who's 80 years old and has been here over 30 years, just said we're on the verge of a shutdown. Uh, she probably just forgot that a few hours ago she voted for the continuing resolution uh, that will extend the budget, and we are not on the verge of a shutdown. It may be that the gentlelady doesn't know that there is another body attached to the U.S. Congress called the United States Senate, and they have to vote on the continuing resolution. And by the way... It isn't a law of the land or not until the president of the United States signs it. Were you aware of this? As I said, I haven't seen the photos that you're holding up. Well, I posted them on my Twitter account. You know, maybe I you don't guys spend are... a lot of time on Twitter. Well, you know, you you. Sh oh, I'm sure you do. 
because the Department of Homeland Security, organized with other offices, has censored many Americans, including myself. I'm not part of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, Right, Mr. Ray. Uh, November 17, 2018, you posted a long thing on Facebook. I talk Uh, about Jewish space lasers. Do you admit that that was a lunatic? That's something I never said. You did suggest that the California wildfires at the time had been started by PG&E in conjunction with the Rothschilds using a, a, a space laser in order to clear room for a high-speed rail project. You know, if we're going to talk about each other's words, let's hold each other to account and to issues that really matter, yeah, not I, I, social media posts from I the past, I don't know what you're okay? referring Oh, my God, Bish, make up your mind. Either you want people like FBI Director Christopher Ray to check out your tweets on the regular, or you want everyone to ignore posts that sound like, hey... Don't those California wildfires kind of look like they were started by Jewish space lasers? (laughs) Because you cannot have it both ways, honey. Although I certainly don't want to discourage you from continuing to prove me wrong because the sound bites are comedy gold. Like the box color hair dye that you use. And while we're on the subject of cheap distractions, Republicans and the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Mr. James Comer took a cue from MMA Mullen and threw a tantrum of his own during a completely different congressional hearing just because Democrat Jared Mouskowitz was calling him out on his bullshit. Continue to try Re- reclaim, to reclaiming my time. No, I'm Re- not Re- going to give you your time back. We can stop the clock. Re- you look like a Smurf here, Mr. Chairman. You no, have. No, I'm going to tell you no, no, something. Hold on, if we're you if we're not on time, we you disinformation. You, you, you have you gone on TV and you said the president did something you illegal. You're doing stuff with your brother. The American people have the corruption. same questions. Why should they believe you? There's, there's a different rule for the president. There's a different rule for you. Why should they believe what you're saying, Mr. Chairman? You go on Fox News and say loans. Deals or a way to evade taxes. We don't know that's what you're doing or not. We don't know. We have no idea. We're supposed to take your word for it. But when the president well, you've says already something, been proven a liar, Mr. Moskowitz. Who's proven me a liar? You? Yes. Your word means well, nothing, Mr. Chairman. It seems to have gotten under your skin. I'll pay I mean, for your I, ticket. I, I, I think the American people have lots of questions, Mr. Chairman, and perhaps you should sit maybe for a deposition. I would. And we can I will be happy. And after an exchange like that, I would be happy to read that deposition. Because while Comer would like everyone to believe a loan between brothers is evidence of the Biden crime family, then I would like to know what the fuck he calls that land sell and resell game he's been doing with his brother for years, which just so happens to save them both millions of dollars in taxes. And let's not forget, those tax evasion land swaps between brothers were carried out under the cover of a shell company, Comer and his brother never incorporated. <laughs> Which is so fucking funny. Because they can't even claim it was a business transaction. Because the company they've been hiding under doesn't exist, according to the Kentucky Secretary of State. So no wonder Comer is getting all yelly with Mouskowitz, who recently filed a subpoena for Comer to testify before Congress regarding those land swaps and the Shell Company. And needless to say, right before Thanksgiving, Republicans lost their ability to hold together whatever decorum they had left, with infighting leading to outfighting in the halls of the Capitol and during congressional hearings, Republicans made sure no time or place was safe from their powerless fury. But they hold the majority in the House, you might be saying. 
And to that, I will direct your attention to the thing that just happened days before the U.S. government was scheduled to shut down. Congress is one step closer to avoiding a government shutdown, with the House passing a short-term funding bill with bipartisan support and days to spare before the deadline. There's one quirk to it. It funds one-third of the government through January, and the other two-thirds through February, and that other two-thirds includes the military, the Pentagon. Johnson is not facing calls to remove him as speaker for relying on Democrats for the votes to pass the baby funding bill. He got fewer Republican votes on this spending bill than McCarthy did on the last one that was ultimately part of the reason McCarthy lost his job. And that, my friends, is the best part of this. Kick the can to December and January because Republicans are dick spending bill that was passed by the House with a little help from the Dems. When the worst Kevin got his speaker pink slip, he too had partnered with Democrats to get a spending bill passed. But somehow Teflon Mike is coming out of this one unscathed. Republicans are not coming for his gavel. Probably because of the three-week fiasco that was the last time they pulled a stunt like that. And going home for Thanksgiving to explain why they can't keep a speaker apparently isn't a look Republicans are going for. However, having a nursing home level beat down in the hallways, threatening to bite congressional witnesses over tweets, and calling Democrats smurfs for exposing your family's tax evasion scheme fits the brand perfectly. And now for something completely different. When it comes to the conservative-heavy Supreme Court, looks are apparently everything. After recent reports revealed it takes just 38 vacations, 26 private jet flights, 8 flights by helicopter, a dozen VIP passes to sporting events, and stays at luxury resorts, and you too can have Justice Clarence Thomas vote for whatever your case may be before his court, the nine justices decided to make some rules for themselves. To an historic move by the Supreme Court, the nine justices adopting a formal code of conduct for the first time in the court's history. Here's how they explained it, writing, the absence of a code has led in recent years to the misunderstanding that the justices of this court, unlike other jurists in this country, regard themselves as unrestricted by any ethics rules. To dispel this misunderstanding, we are issuing this code. This 14-page document signed by all nine justices now laying out how they should avoid the appearance of impropriety, when to recuse from a case, and reaffirming the existing rules around gifts. To kind of head off some of these calls from Democrats in the Senate who want to uh, force the court to adopt a new code of conduct by legislation. Oh, no, no, no. Sassy Scotus certainly does not want that. So all nine legal eagles got together and wrote down some rules knowing there's really no way to enforce them should they break the rules that they just made up. And if you think that's incredibly insane, you would be 100% correct. SCOTUS has decided they don't have to report real estate purchases as long as the matter is not before the court. And they'll recuse themselves if a family member or spouse is involved in a case they're presiding over unless that person is just filing a brief in a case, which is a document meant to sway the court on behalf of one side or another. For example, 
Clarence Thomas doesn't have to recuse himself from cases where his wife wrote a brief to the court in support of her January 6th co-conspirators because apparently trying to influence the court on a case you were involved in isn't the same thing as being involved in a case. Never mind. You know, all this circular reasoning is making me crave ibuprofen. So let's move right along to a topic that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Something like the latest in procedural television filmed right in the peachiest state in our union. Now to the ABC News exclusive. For the first time, our investigative team obtaining some of the videotaped interviews with two former Trump attorneys charged in Georgia's election interference case. Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis pleaded guilty to reduce charges and agreed to cooperate. Accounts of former President Trump's efforts to cling to power in 2020 directly from those who were there trying to help him do it. Portions of confidential interviews between prosecutors and two of Donald Trump's most high-profile co-defendants in that Georgia election case and shed possible new light on Donald Trump's mindset in the chaotic days after the 2020 election. Oh, that is exactly what we need. We need more light shed on this, preferably the light that isn't coming from the spray tan booth, but more like the lights that they have in a jail cell. Because basically we've got two of Comover Caligula's former attorneys who were part of the 19 indicted in Georgia's election fraud case, flipping like a burger in a diner and spilling the beans about what they knew Donnie Two Scoops knew about the 2020 election. And spoiler alert, it is everything you think it is. Ellis, who falsely claimed ballots were manipulated, recounting a time at the 2020 White House Christmas party when she said Trump aide Dan Scavino told her Trump planned to simply refuse to leave the White House. He said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. Ellis said she asked him, what do you mean? He said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. Sidney Powell also told prosecutors Trump was determined to stay in power, despite his aides repeatedly telling him he lost. What was President Trump's reaction when, I guess, this cadre of advisors would say you lost? It was like, uh, well, they would say that and then they'd walk out and he'd go, see, this is what I deal with all the time. Well, you don't say, because I'm sure a large portion of the country has been saying that exact same thing to anyone who will listen ever since Eric's dad decided to ride down that knockoff gold-plated escalator. Not to mention, it's impressive how quickly Jenna and the Kraken started singing a canary's tune after being indicted for election fraud. These two women were so sure the 2020 election had been stolen from the Big Lebowski. Jenna stood next to Count Giuliani on stage while he melted before a live press-filled audience, recounting the many conspiracy theories Dingus Khan was peddling at the time. And the Kraken made that name for herself after she swore she'd search every voting machine in the country until she found the vote Scooby-Coo needed to legitimize squatting in the White House after January 20th. Funny how things turn out now that Georgia's DA, Fonnie Willis, has two more bitches to call on when snitches start taking the stand against Mayor McTreason sometime in 2024. The problem with all of that 
is these videos, they were never meant to be public. We were never meant to see them, let alone be broadcast as an ABC News exclusive. So, of course, Old Yeller has posted his senile disdain all over his Twitter knockoff website, all capping over these videos of Jenna and the Kraken making their way to primetime television, saying it's a ploy to make him look bad, even though his refusal to properly apply bronzer is doing a bang-up job as it is. No assistance needed there. But here's what the M. Night Shyamalan twist comes in. Turns out the videos were leaked to the press, and you've probably already guessed where the leak came from. Out of Fulton County, Georgia, a major admission from the lawyer for one of Donald Trump's co-defendants in that sweeping RICO case. Fonnie Willis, the DA, went to the judge after some videos were leaked of people who had turned evidence and said, I need a protective order. We now know at least one of the people that leaked the videos. Jonathan Miller, he represents Misty Hampton, one of the 15 co-defendants, just said during this open hearing that he did leak the videos to at least one media outlet. I can go to sleep well tonight, uh, Judge. I, I did release those videos to one outlet. And in all candor of the court, I need the court to know that. Fuck yeah, you do. It's always easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, especially when it's Dingus Khan's side of the case, leaking proffer videos of co-defendants spilling all the beans to the prosecutors on camera. Makes all that complaining loose lips Don has been doing over this even sadder than it already was. And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. But if that's not enough, you can catch me on the podcast Face Palm America with Beowulf Rocklin every Friday for the foreseeable future. Follow the show on social media wherever you can find us. This Week Again is available for your listening pleasure on places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, and thank you so much for listening to this show. Ta-der for now.